I am Daniel Lucas, and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years. And today, I have my special guest. He is a award-winning author, and of course, best-selling author too. No other than Miss Anna J. Stewart. Welcome to Book 101, Miss Anna, and can you please introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Anna J. Stewart. That's the name I write under. Um, I write for Arc Manor's Kasich Romance and also Harlequin. I write uh, across the heat spectrum and across the romance genre, everything from romantic suspense to sweet contemporary romance and everything in between. That sounds interesting, Miss Anna. What age did you realize that you are good in writing? Um, I kind of fell into it in high school, which was a very long time ago. <laughs> but um, I think a co- I've I've always been a reader, and it never occurred to me that I could even try writing until I started reading romance novels. And uh, once I started reading romance, I was just like, I need to know how to do this. So um, much to the detriment of my education, I spent almost every free time I had creating all kinds of different stories uh, all over the place. And it just kind of eventually uh, morphed into a career. Thank goodness, because that, you know, I didn't realize it was my dream career until I uh, was presented with the uh, question as to what happens if you don't get published. And I'm like, oh, I can't let that happen. So from there, I buckled down, got serious, and uh, everything kind of fell into place after that. Wow. Who are your favorite authors that influence you the most? Uh, oh, gosh, quite a few. So those early authors, I was reading Stephen King uh, before I was 10. So Stephen King was a huge impact on me. Nora Roberts was the first uh, romance author I read, and I still read her to this day. Um, Sherilyn Kenyon, Brenda Novak, Melinda Curtis, Carrie Lynn Webb. I have so many authors. Reese Ryan, Maisie Yates. Uh, Abigail Owen, who writes amazing YA fantasy, uh, Tracy Wolf. I literally, this could be an entire podcast just of me listing authors that I absolutely love and who have influenced me over the years. <laughs> so, if you would describe their writing, what is it or what are they? It's the world building and it's the it's the exquisite detail to character. All of them. Uh, I mean, uh, they all write such different things, but. Uh, all of them have the same uh, unique talent with voice, and uh, just the second you open one of their book, one of their books, you fall into their world, and that to me is the is the moniker of a great author. Yes. So, how does it feel that you are award winning and best selling <laughs> author? <laughs> well, it's, gr it's great, but it's also, you know, everything is subjective. So I always just strive to make the next book better than the previous one. So, um, you know, it's nice to be able to add those things to my website and to my taglines and stuff. But when it comes down to it, the, the most important thing to me is or what I love is earning the reading fans and hearing from readers saying, when's your next book coming out? When is this character getting a story? That to me is the best thing ever. <laughs> Definitely. Is it a pressure for those taglines? 
Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I was, I, you know, the best-selling author I really lucked into because um, uh, I was in a box set a number of years ago, right when my first books were coming out. So I find I consider myself very fortunate that I that I got that USA Today bestseller, but it was also a group effort. So um, that that doesn't in particularly give me any pressure. What what gives me the pressure is, like I said, trying to make the next book better than the last. What is your short-term and long-term goals in writing? Uh, short-term is to uh, keep building a readership and keep going with uh, the series that I have going. I think I've got three different series rolling now, moving into a fourth one. Uh, and long-term goal, honestly, I, I, I have some ideas that are branching a little away from romance and more into action adventure, maybe even a little bit of horror. Um, but my long-term goal is to be in hardcover and you know what I would love? I think probably my biggest dream is to see one of my books at the airport. I think if I saw that, I would feel like I finally really accomplished my dreams. So mean to say that if your books are there already, your dream come true. One of my dreams will come true. Yes, absolutely. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of them, but that that's a big one. That be awesome. Before we go, I miss Anna. I want to shout out to the people listening in Denmark. Thank you, Denmark, for supporting this podcast. Because in Capital Region, I get 54% audience share. South Denmark at 22%. South Denmark at 17%. Zealand at 5%. And Central Zealand at 2%. Thank you, Denmark, for supporting this podcast because this podcast is Created empower writers all over the world, like Miss Anna, Miss <laughs> Anna J. Stewart. I, I want to see the books of Miss Anna in the airport of Denmark. <laughs> Here's hoping. Please, please. so Miss Anna, which book of yours we're gonna talk about today? Uh, well, we have Vanished, which is the second book in my Circle of the Red Lily series, which will be coming out um, on November 21st. And this is kind of my ode to Hollywood and secret societies and unsolved mysteries and all kinds of all of the fun things I've always been interested in kind of got jam-packed into one book. And it's also a romantic suspense. So you get a fabulous couple uh, finding their way toward a happily ever after at the end of the book, hopefully, um, with lots of excitement and it's a roller coaster of a ride. Definitely. Vanish, how did you craft it? Ed? Um, well, Vanish, like I said, is the second book in a series. So the idea of a five book series was really what came to me. And it picks up from where book one left off a couple, about a month and a half, two months afterwards. And, um, it was, it was a matter of carrying through the plot line from the first book, expanding it and building it to move off into the third book. So uh, the crafting of it was really interesting uh, because I haven't done a project quite this big before that has an overarching plot that's not going to be resolved until the end of the fifth book. And also getting to play with different kinds of characters that were in the first two books. So in the first book, I or the first book, excuse me, the first book had a cop and a um, paparazzi hero and heroine. And in this one, I have a heroine whose sister went missing eight years ago. And uh, she's finally starting to find some answers, except there are a lot of people with a vested interest to make sure those answers are not easily discovered. So she teams up with a uh, 
district attorney who's been brought in to uh, oversee the case that includes her sister's disappearance. And he's pretty much been told, we don't want this case. We want this case closed, open and shut and moving on. And the more he digs into it, the more he realizes that's not going to happen. So it puts everybody in danger and causes a whole bunch of problems, which makes for the absolute best books. Interesting, Ms. Anna. What behind the title of the book two of the sequel of the Red Lily Vanish? Uh, it, it, so far with these books, the, the, um, the titles have had more than one meaning, which has really entertained me as I, as I write the books, I'm finding, oh, that kind of qualifies too. So Vanished really in the beginning represented, uh, uh, Mabel's sister, Sylvie, who disappeared eight years ago. Um, at the end of book one, we discover that there are a lot of women who have gone missing under similar circumstances. So vanished refers to her sister. It refers to other victims. And it also um, kind of speaks to um, how easily things can disappear under pressure and under, uh, under the pressure of people who have secrets that they want to keep. So um, yeah, so that's really where vanished came from, primarily from Sylvie, the missing girl, or missing woman, but also from the other victims. Very well said, Ms. Anna. What inspired you to write Venice? Um, well, I was I was really interested in writing a heroine who had suffered a loss. Now, Sylvie's her twin sister, which losing a sibling in some way is difficult on its own. Um, but to lose a twin, I think, presented a really interesting character dynamic I was interested in investigating. And ironically, and I had forgotten this when I started the book, is my editor is actually a twin. So um, I was happy when she got back with my editing notes and saying that I had really nailed that relationship between twins and how hard it is to, um, to deal with it once it's gone. Of course, she hasn't had to deal with that. But... Um, so that to me was really the most one of the most interesting uh factors of the book definitely can you describe the research process behind vanish um there were a couple of different things i needed to research so uh first of all was how the uh, district attorney's uh, office is organized in los angeles uh mainly because i needed to be able to bring in an investigator from outside of the department and how that whole thing would work. So that was one thing I did a lot of online research about that. Um, the series on its own is um, I get to dig into Hollywood history, which is one of my loves. I grew up on old Hollywood movies, Marilyn Monroe, Shirley Temple, Abbott and Costello and all those kinds of movies. So I really got to dive deep into one of my personal obsessions, so to speak. So bringing in a lot of the Hollywood landmarks and the businesses and uh, a lot of the history of Los Angeles and Hollywood in particular, um, was really fun and kind of gave a, a little bit of lightness to it was a really dark subject because I'm dealing with, you know, multiple murders and, and uh, that kind of stuff, which is another one of my, uh, I'm, I am a, a crime movie junkie. So anything that has to do with cops and procedurals and all of that kind of stuff, British mysteries, American, I'm just in for it. So um, 
really, I kind of call these kitchen sink books where I get to throw everything that I love into them and hopefully find a balance for my readers. Indeed. So, Anna, what challenges did you face while writing Vanish? You know, what was the most difficult part of Vanished was the fact that Mabel, my heroine, Mabel Reynolds, she's a single mom of an eight-year-old. And I didn't anticipate the difficulties of including a child in a romantic suspense, um, where there's going to be danger around every corner. And and working that in where um, Keely, her daughter, uh, yes, she's going to be in danger at some points, but not putting her in so much danger that the reader is going to stop reading. I'm, I'm the kind of person is don't hurt the animals or the kids. Right. So, um, I, that was, a, that was a really interesting balance and, and having an eight-year-old who's very aware of things in the world and everything that's going on around her. Um, it was an interesting balance to keep the intensity of the story and also um, make sure that she was protected both in the story and uh, in the way that I was writing her. Miss Anna, how do you deal with the writer's block? Oh, you know what? Honestly, it's just getting away from the computer and going out for a walk. I've recently started meditating every day and I found that that has really been helpful. Um, I also have a really good support system with two of my fellow writers, Melinda Curtis and Carrie Lynn Webb. And uh, we're all over the country. We've got one, I'm in California, Melinda's in Oregon and um, Carrie's in South Carolina. So we're all very far away from one another, but you know, thank goodness for Zoom and text messaging. They're literally just a message away. So if I run into a problem, the first thing I do is just send out a text message saying, SOS, I need help. Can we, you know, jump online for a couple of minutes just to talk something out and having that support system and having somewhere to go where they understand types of stories that I write and um, which is a little bit different than from what they write. But it's an objective third and or second and third ear that can really help me uh, see things in a way that uh, has been blocked. So, yeah, support system, I think, is is probably the best way I deal with writer's block. Interesting, Ms. Anna. So how do you feel your personal experiences have shaped your writing? Um, well, I've lived a relatively boring life, so I don't know whether my experiences have played into <laughs> very much. I have a very active imagination. I always have. Um, and, you know, I grew up in the 70s, so I grew up on the reruns of Star Trek, and I grew up with Wonder Woman and the Bionic Woman and uh, really female forward power uh, characters. And I think that's really fed into the types of heroines that I tend to write. And I always say that I write romance. Um, so I write about relationships, but I write about women who don't necessarily need a man, but when they find the one they want, they go after him. So that's, um, uh, I think that's always kind of been my guiding star when it comes to the romances that I write. But a lot of that feeds into you know, the first movie I remember seeing in theaters was Star Wars. I mean, I can remember that day so clearly. And my first image of a strong female character on screen was Princess Leia when she's holding that that weapon in that on the um, when they're being invaded by the Empire. So it I think that inherently um, 
uh, seeded something inside of me that those were the types of heroines I was always going to write was that women that could take care of themselves, but were also open to, um, to including somebody else in their lives. Yes, interesting, Miss Anna. What's your daily writing routine like? Uh, ideally, it's I'm at the computer by about eight o'clock, and I write until about noon. Um, if I'm hitting it at a really good time, that usually gives me anywhere from ten to twenty pages a day. Um, I've hit a bit of a slump lately, uh, mainly because I think I've just I almost hit a burnout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a burnout issue right now that I'm working through, but I'm doing a lot of reading. So that helps. Um, so usually I'm done right about noon. Um, I'm caretaker for my mother, so I need to keep my schedule a little bit fluid, but ideally, um, if I, I usually get up by five, uh, you know, we do breakfast. I do my morning walk, which constitutes my exercise and my meditation, which puts me uh, usually at the computer by about 830 to nine. And then I write until about noon. And if I if I do that, I'm feeling pretty productive. Amazing, Miss Anna. So can you share a memorable reader feedback or interaction that it had a significant impact on you? Sure. Um, I wrote a book called Safe in His Arms, which was the, I think it was the sixth book in my Butterfly Harbor series, which is sweet romance, sweet small town romance for Harlequin Heartwarming. And in that book was a heroine um, named Kendall, who was an Afghani uh, war veteran. And she had some issues coming back and she had lost somebody over there that was still impacting her to this day. And um, it was writing about PTSD and grief and loss and uh, how difficult it is for a lot of uh, people fighting in wars to move on once the conflict has ended, at least the conflict that they're fighting in. And I received an email from a reader who had been dealing with PTSD, not from uh, military service, but from something else in her life. And she thanked me for portraying it so accurately and realistically, because it wasn't something I shied away from. I just kind of dived headfirst into it. I'm like, if we're going to deal with it, let's deal with it. So I did a lot of research and I read a lot of books uh, uh, and uh, memoirs from people who had been dealing with the type of situation my heroine was in. And so hearing that from somebody who was dealing with a similar circumstance really um, made all the hard work kind of fade into the distance and it was it made the work worth it. And that's really the best part about being a writer is when you connect with somebody's actual experience and you get it right and that you honor them. Um, and I'm always very careful with that, whatever situation my characters are dealing with that no, there is no one right way or wrong way to react to uh, a situation. It's just being authentic to the character and keeping in mind to respect that there are people out there who have gone through these experiences. Very well said, Miss Anna. But before we go on, I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Geography 101. It's all about the places that I visited from Europe, Caribbean, North America, South America, and a lot more. So please do listen. Geography 101 plus one more. My book of my 100 episodes of my first season is out. Geography 101, Volume 1, is Scandinavian. Available on Amazon and leading online bookstores worldwide.
wide. Miss Anna Vanet, what do you think the theme or message you hope readers will take away from this book? Um, that it's okay to still have hope. You know, part of the subject matter I delve into is the fact that we have so many missing people in this world, um, people who had loved ones and families and friends. And when they go missing, other lives almost come to a complete stop. And hope is the one thing that a lot of times keeps them going. It's the one thing that's really kept uh, my heroine going, what, losing her sister the way that she did. Um, so I, I think I think, and I hope that the, what people take away from Vanished is that that hope will someday uh, be fulfilled with answers and, um, and clinging to that hope isn't a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you can't move on. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't move on. Of course you should, but that um, sometimes the answers aren't the ones that we want to hear, but eventually, eventually they'll come. Well done, Miss Anna. How have your previous works influenced this current book? Um, which with every book that I write, I think I get better at the plotting and at the process and at the uh, character development. So every book that I've written, I think, led me to writing this one. Um, and this one caused me some problems. I actually had to rewrite it once because I wasn't happy with it at all. Um, and I think that's because I, I knew how good I could write, I knew how well I could write a book. This is why I have an editor. Um, <laughs> um, and it just, um, so the, all of the books kind of prepare me for the next book that's coming down the road. And which is one reason why I'm already starting to kind of panic about book three, even though I, I know what it's called and I know what the story is. And I'm already starting to amp myself up about, okay, now I've got to make this one better than vanished. Uh, so um, yeah, each one is just a stepping stone to make the next book better. Yes. Is it, there's a pressure, Miss Anna, that every time we have book one and book two, they're <clears> saying that book one is the best. And then book two and book three, they're saying, oh, it's not that good as book one. Um, it's a challenge and it's not going to be up to me whether or not that's the result. You know, like I said, my goal was to make Vanished better than Exposed and Exposed did very, very well with reviewers and with um, some nominations for book awards. And um, I'm, my editor thinks book two is better than book one, which was lovely to hear, but it's going to be the readers who, it's going to be the readers who really decide that. Um, and it does place a pressure on me for moving into book three, especially since that particular character is going to be completely different than anything I have ever written before. So um, uh, it's just, it's just a matter of doing the absolute best job that I can and uh, when I'm happy with it, I know it's time to let go of it, and then it's in the reader's hands. Miss Anna, how do you handle criticism, both constructive and negative? Um, I've tried to get better at not reading my reviews because, like I said, once I finish the book and I've sent it out into the world, it's not like I'm going to rewrite it because of somebody's bad review. Not everything I write is going to be well received by everybody. Um, you know, it's just like life. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to love you. It's just the way things are. So um, I know that I just always have to tell myself I've done the best job that I can at the time. 
And if people have a problem with my book, that is completely their opinion and it is completely their right to have a problem with whatever I've done. So um, I usually just, uh, fortunately, I don't tend to get negative reviews personally. They just end up on a review site and I just say, <laughs> okay. But you know what? Negative reviews are also validating because if everything I wrote got rave reviews every single time, that would seem a little bit hinky and weird. So um, I tend to wear one or two star reviews as a badge of honor because it means that somebody had passion enough to hate my book, which I will take, you know, just as willingly as somebody who loves my book. So passion is passion, however it goes. Certainly, Miss Anna. So you think negative review make you better in the process? It depends on what the review says. Um, uh, if it's plot issues that they've had with it, then it doesn't, it rolls off my back because it's like, you know what, I did what I did and I'm not going to rewrite the book, like I said. But um, there have been some that have been constructive criticism as far as the type of hero or heroine that I've written. Um, and that can sit in the back of my mind just so that I am aware of that being an issue possibly for somebody. So I think uh, negative reviews, just the important things that land in my brain and stay there are things that um, I take to heart moving forward just to make sure I don't do the same thing again. But I've been really fortunate that I, I haven't gotten a whole lot of negative reviews. I remember one in particular that I got for an early book, Nemesis in the Night. And my characters in that one are very wealthy, um, even though my heroine uses her money to fund a children's cancer charity. Um, but the review said that, oh, I can't stand to read about rich people. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's fine. You know what? For me, it was an escapism because honestly, writing about rich people means that I can take financial cares out of the equation. And for me, that's kind of freeing for the characters, right? It's one thing they don't have to worry about. So, but I was like, okay, clearly she's going through something where this book did not land properly with her. And that's perfectly fine. But reviews like that are also kind of amusing. And I'm like, you know, you're going to like what you like and don't like what you don't like. So can't judge that. Indeed, Miss Anna. So how do you approach character development in Vanish? Um, well, like I said, uh, Riley, oh no, Riley, it was book one, sorry. <laughs> Mabel, uh, Mabel Reynolds is coming from a place of grief and she's been locked in that grief for eight years looking for her twin sister, or find, trying to find out what's happened to her. But at the same time, she's also been single mom to a girl who was born shortly before her sister's disappearance. So um, she's uprooted her life and done, changed everything about her life, moved out to Los Angeles where her sister disappeared. Um, and, but at the same time, trying to come to terms with the fact she's never going to see her sister again. She knows that inherently, even though she has hope that maybe there's a miracle waiting somewhere. So dealing with uh, researching that and um, uh, looking into other characters that were dealing with trauma and grief. And that was that was really important to me as far as as Mabel was concerned. Um, Paul Flynn, who is the hero um, who actually grew up in Los Angeles and did his best to get away from Los Angeles. And now he's come back to lead this investigation. He's dealing with a lot of um, stuff from his past that he thought he had left behind. 
And but it also gives him a second chance to uh, find a new life that he didn't think was possible for himself, which, of course, is a future with Mabel and her daughter. Um, so this book is a lot about healing and it's a lot about um, dealing with the past and confronting the past and facing it down and um, accepting everything that's happened and being able finally to move on, uh, especially once they kind of lock on to each other and they see kind of a, a common ground in their pasts and in how they're trying to live their lives now. Very well said, Miss Anna. But before we go on, please do grab a copy of my latest self-help book, Life is Too Short, A Journey of Discovery, Fulfillment, and Joy, available on Amazon and leading online bookstores worldwide. Miss Anna, how has the publishing process been for you? It's been interesting. Um, I have always been of the mind that traditional publishing was the way I wanted to go. Um, I am not built for independent publishing. It is so much work and there's so many balls you have to juggle in the air to be a successful uh, independently published author. Kudos to everybody who does it and does it well. So uh, for me, traditional publishing was just always the route that I wanted to take. And um, I was very lucky that I, uh, when I buckled down and I finally got serious about the writing, I ended up selling to both Harlequin and uh, Berkeley at the time at the same time. So I had two big sales out of the jump, out of the gate. And um, I really like working with a traditional publisher, um, especially a big publisher like Harlequin. To say, which is a completely different animal than working with a small publisher like Ark Manor for my Circle of the Red Lily books, is that um, it's been a bit of a learning curve uh, as far as you know how things work with Harlequin is completely different than how things work with Ark Manor. They are um, they've both been really excellent experiences, but they've both been different experiences. So for me, um, traditional publishing and the way that things have gone for me has really been has really been a good, uh, good experience. I don't regret traditional publishing at all. Um, does that mean I'll always stay traditionally published? I don't know. I would, like I said, I would love to hit the big time and go hardcover and write bigger books and uh, more expansive books. Um, and that's in the future. I'm, you know, I'm juggling some ideas now to take the next steps in careers. That's also going to require getting an agent, which I do not have at the moment. <laughs> um, so there are certain steps I want to take that I can't take just yet, but it's, there are still steps within traditional publishing that I plan on tackling. Good luck for that, Ms. Anna. What are the pros and cons of being traditional? Uh, traditionally published means you give up a lot of control. Um, I've, uh, you know, when it comes to my Harlequin titles, I, I write the books and I, I keep to within the guidelines of what I know Harlequin would like me to write for the different series that I write for. I wrote for two series, their sweet romance series, heartwarming and romantic suspense, which is a little bit, um, on the spicier side of things. Um, but once I write the book and I fill out my art fact sheet, everything else is really in their control release dates and uh, what the cover looks like and what the back blurb is, which honestly, that is the best thing about being traditionally published is I don't have to do the back cover blurbs because I'm horrible at it. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, and then with the smaller press, I've been lucky that um, my publisher, Shahid, uh, 
was uh, gracious enough to let me hire my own cover designer. So I have complete control over the cover, which is awesome, but it's also pressure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so it's a little bit more personal working with a small press than it is working with a larger uh, house like Harlequin. But um, yeah, it's about it's about how much control you're willing to give up with your when you're indie published, you get to control everything. Yeah, I don't want to control everything. I just want to write the book and then uh, publicize the book and then move on to the next book. Miss Anna, what's the most rewarding aspect of being an author? You know, um, I was a reader for I was a voracious reader for so many years and I would write to some of my favorite authors, you know, just telling them how much I love their books and um, that I couldn't wait for the next one to come out. And is this character going to get their own story? And now I get those letters. And honestly, that's the best thing about being an author for me is when uh, readers become friends and, you know, there's email exchanges back and forth about who's getting what book next. And um, I can't wait for your next book to come out. That is the absolute best thing about being an author. Well said, Ms. Anna. If you go back and give advice to yourself when you were first starting out as a writer, what would it be? Uh, stop playing and get serious. I wasted a lot of years just playing at writing, um, mainly because I just didn't have any focus. When I was in college, I changed major so many times, and each time I changed major usually had to do with a book I was reading. Um so I, I wish I had gotten serious about the writing a little bit sooner. That said, if I hadn't, then I wouldn't be on the path I'm on now. So I, I think I would just tell myself to um, to buckle down a little bit sooner <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and and do the work and, and, you know, take classes and join a writer's group and find your people, find other writers who want your success as much as you do. That to me is the best thing I have going for me or my my two critique partners, Carrie and Melinda, and then also my local writing organization, Northern, Northern California Romance Writers. Honestly, um, I could not be a part of this industry without the support system. Very well said, Ms. Anna. And lastly, where can our listeners find more about you and your work? The best place is on my website, and it's www.authorannastewart, that's Stuart with a T, as in T, <laughs> dot com. Mm -hmm. And it has all of my books listed there. All, it has a bio. It has pictures of some of my hobbies and everything. So everything you want to know about me is right there on my website. Please support Ms. Anna for this upcoming novel, Vanish, right? Yes, out November 21st. Uh, please invite them to pre-order. Yes, it's a digital and print. Digital is uh, should be everywhere by now. And um, the and actually, my publisher has put the first book on sale for $0.99. Cents. So you can grab Exposed for $0.99, pre-order Vanish for $2.99, and digital $16.99 in paperback. Bodycon people, see you soon.